Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to It's Rainmaking Time. This is Kim Greenhouse. Welcome all of you to this commentary on fathers for Father's Day. First of all, I'd like to give a shout out to my father, Lloyd Miles Greenhouse, better known as Buddy Greenhouse in heaven, and to say thank you for all the things that you did for me, my sisters, and mom. Thank you for making decisions in your life that maybe were much better for us than they were for you, like staying in your job that at a certain point you probably wanted to leave and didn't because you were concerned about your family's stability rather than what you wanted. And I want to also call attention to all the fathers out there who've made decisions that you suffered over for your children, for your wife, for your partner. It's a silent kind of suffering. Nobody knows about it because it was done to protect your family. So for all the fathers out there who have made decisions like that and are hurting from it and are suffering from it and are angry about it, I know who you are. I've watched you. I know about you intimately. I watched my father, who was a wonderful manager, vice president of a company, and sales coach who decided not to take a portion of the business that he was in because he was afraid it would hurt his family. If something went bad with the business, he would lose the house, the hearth, the protection for his family. And he didn't feel that he had the right to make that kind of decision. Now, a lot of men would make that decision, but my father didn't and suffered as a result of it for many, many years of his life. Thank you, Dad. I get it. I receive it, and you did extremely well in the face of it for somebody working for other people. You're quite extraordinary and a leader in your field. I also want to say thank you to the times we sat down and talked, and you gave me these great analogies and metaphors about facing things in life. He always had a very big energy, big charisma, big presence. He was not that tall, but his presence was so huge. He would walk into a space and fill the room or fill the house. And one of the things he did when I was a young girl is we had to take physiology. I had a partner named Tina Siminski, and we had to cut open a pig. And we had to take the pig home and dissect it. I was totally freaking out about this. I absolutely was willing to do anything to get out of it. Just please don't make me take this pig home. So I went to my father and I said, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. I'm very upset. I feel this is wrong and all that. And he goes, look, honey, there's some times in life you have to cut the pig. This is just one of those things. I know you don't want to do it. I know you don't like doing it. I know you're afraid of doing it, but you can do it. It's part of your schooling. There will be times in life you will be called to cut the pig. Cut the pig, Kim. You can do it. That was the essence of the lesson from my father, and he was right. He was right. Sometimes in life, you have to cut the pig. When I was in the 12 and unders in tournament tennis, I had a vile temper used to crack rackets in half and swear every word in the book. And I, it was a problem. I was obviously under a lot of pressure and I had no problem letting it loose. <laughs> so my father pulls me aside and he goes, look, honey, I have something for you that's really going to work. Here's what's going to happen. When you get ruffled, you get angry, and it's your turn to serve, I want you to walk over to the corner of the court when you're picking up tennis balls. I want you to take the tennis ball in your hand, and I want you to bounce it a 100 times. Over in the corner of the court, I want you to say every filthy, terrible word that you know that you can think of, and let it out. 
Then, as you're bouncing the ball, you're getting your composure, you walk back to the service line, you bounce the ball, and you serve. Or you go back to the service line and you return the shot from the person who will be serving to you. This way, you have a space, you're calm, you're cool, collected, you have to pick up the ball anyway, you're getting your composure, you let it out, you don't have to keep it in, you go to the service line and boom, it starts. I said, okay, dad. (laughs) I thought it was a great idea, actually. So there was this next tournament where I was playing against my doubles partner at that time, whose name was Marissa Malpezzi. Very funny. I was ranked higher than her, but the issue was that psychologically you're playing your doubles partner. Who wants to play your doubles partner? I was very agitated. I wasn't losing, but I was playing awful. And I was getting angrier and angrier and angrier. I could feel a racket was about to be broken in half. So I walked over to the corner of the court. I did exactly what my dad told me to do. I bounced the ball. I took my time. I said every horrible word I could think of. I mean, I let it rip. I go back to the service line and I serve. Unbeknownst to me, somebody was sitting in the corner in a little chair with sunglasses and a hat on that I didn't see. Who looked? I just looked down, bounced the ball, and said everything I knew. I did win the match, but after the match, my dad comes over, hands me a towel, puts the towel around my neck, puts his arms around me, starts hysterical laughing, and walks me out, not only off the court, but out of where all the courts were. I think it was La Cienega Tennis in Los Angeles, California. Anyway, he goes, honey, you did a great job. You did exactly what I told you to do. It was fabulous. But honey, there's only one problem. Your doubles partner's mother, who's a devout Catholic, was sitting in a little chair with a hat on and her tennis glasses. And honey, you can't believe what she did. She walked up to me and said, buddy Greenhouse, your daughter played fantastic. My God, that mouth on her. Buddy, you've got to stop this. I've never heard words like that in my life. (laughs) This is how sometimes things go awry when you're taking instructions from your parents. The thing I didn't do was to look up. Each recommendation from parents, you know, you've got to look at the context. You also have to do a little of your own thinking, too. Like, it didn't occur to me to look up, see if anybody's there. I just put my head down, bounce the ball, and let it rip. I want to thank my dad for things like that, moments of wisdom and insight. My dad was a very smart man. He was a very emotional person. He was a very passionate person. He was an angry guy. He was way more gifted and talented and articulate and skilled than his job allowed him to receive the benefit of. And because he was a family man, he stayed in something a very, very, very long time that he probably should have got out of. But he did very well, and he loved our mother, Joanne, and he loved his children all differently, all uniquely, as all parents do. But he was of the old school where you really do sacrifice for your children, and he did. And I want to thank him for that. I also want to say to the other people out there who have issues with your father, whether you're male or female and whatever age you are, that in my experience and in my wisdom, fathers, and I define fathers differently than just men who deposit their sperm. A father is way more than that. A lot of times men don't really have the social and the cultural space to share their emotional life, to share their spiritual life sometimes, and to share what's important to them on the inside because they're really supposed to be busy protecting their wives and their lovers and their children and being the provider and leader of the family. 
And the pressure for this socially is immense. And it's so deep-seated that many times, even if men want to do something else with their career, once they have children and they're married, it's much harder to do anything. The men that take the time to be with their children, to nurture their children, to really participate in grooming those children, bravo to you. You are really doing the right thing. You're really doing something that's much needed in society. A lot of men are asking themselves today whether all this war and violence and aggression is amounting to anything. And the indoctrination of men definitely has massive carryover into the way men father their children. And so for those men that examine their maleness and what patriarchy or what the male establishment over long periods of time has done to them and how they've been brainwashed ideologically to feel pressure to do things, bravo to those men. And bravo to those men who are sensitive, who have developed the feminine side of them, the receptive side of them, the heart side of them, who are fathers and who are connected in their fathering. You're needed in society very much. For all the men who have simply deposited your sperm and have not had anything to do with your children, shame on you to not be involved. You have no idea the impact in the pain and suffering you've caused children who are fatherless. Something to think about. To all the fathers that are doing the right thing and involved in your children's lives, who love their wives and their lovers, God bless you. Happy Father's Day, everybody, and happy Father's Day to my father in heaven, Lloyd Miles Greenhouse.